anyway, here we are. It's another Husker fan hangout. Just me and Scott chilling, hoping some other folks decide to join us. Um, if you happen to be watching this right now and you've got a few minutes, you just want, even if it's just for five, 10 minutes to come in and hang out with us and talk Husker stuff, please, by all means do. This is a very relaxed, chilled out situation. Uh, so, um, yeah, but, shoot a, yeah, shoot a DM on our Twitter handle at GenRedPod or on Facebook. Uh, I don't try YouTube, but you can pretty much uh, <laughs> reach out to us. I actually just made a Twitter handle, so you could shoot me a message. I am now at, cool. yeah, yeah, at yeah. Scott GenRedPod. I have approximately zero followers, and I'm following like 50 people because I <laughs> am absolutely new. But um, yeah, just shoot us a message. Come hang out with us. We're just going to talk Husker stuff like my dad and I generally do. So, um, yep, well, yep, yep. just chill, chill, chill. What do you, uh, what do you think about starting just our conversation right now uh, about recruiting, Matt? recruitment talk and our transfers that we just got in the last week? Well, um, you know, <laughs> It's it's the de- it's it's the devil that we're stuck with, and and it's the devil that I wish never would have entered college football, which would be the basically you can transfer whenever you want, wherever you want, at least once, and now everybody's got the opportunity to make money with basically no cap. Uh, there's really seems to be no rules on tampering or any of that kind of stuff. So, um, based on the stories I've heard, now I understand Nebraska media is good at putting the positive spin on just about anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the interview, I don't know if you caught the interview that Sean Callahan did from um, uh, Husker online with O'Shawn Mathis. Uh, it appeared that Doug on it, he was really, really impressed with everything Nebraska laid out as a program for him. Uh, he was extremely touched. His mom was extremely touched by the fact that they really made sure to pay attention to his younger brother who is on the autism spectrum. Oh. And um, mm-hmm. not only did they do film sessions with Oshan, they did film sessions with Oshan, his entire family, and his little brother was in there too. And and he made it a point of saying that Dawson said something to the effect of, he pointed out things, holes in his game, some things that he could be exploited for in the Big Ten if he doesn't clean them up. And he said he really appreciated that. And his little brother said something to the effect, yeah, I think this guy will make you a really good football player, Daddy, or, you know, Oshan. So... I was like, wow, that's that's kind of neat. So apparently Nebraska rolled out the red carpet for three days. And, you know, it doesn't hurt to have a half a million dollar uh, NIL deal on the table. But who knows how much was offered to him 20 miles down the road at Texas. And he chose us. So that tells me he knows his shot at the NFL is better by playing here in this conference than, you know, playing in a conference that's basically going to be lame in a couple of years when both Texas and Oklahoma leave. What did you think of his commitment? Um, like everybody else, you know, just, uh, drinking the Kool-Aid, but also not trying to drink the Kool-Aid. Um, I, I would say that just right off the top of my head, um, the area that I would be pessimistic about is just the change of league that he's going to be a part of the big 10 now. And while he was a standout player and is a in according to 247 sports uh a four-star transfer guy you know top you know 
top 100 in the country defensive player yeah hands down and when it comes to the transfer portal uh, i just i'm just curious about how it's going to transition to the big 10 like you said uh, mike dawson did point out some holes in his game and and potential areas of uh, concern that he's going to need to uh, figure out how to address um but that is my pessimistic point is can he transfer that skill and that speed and, and that uh, tenacity and make mm-hmm. it translate to Big Ten physicality football? Um, yeah. But regardless of that, um, awesome. I mean, dude's got just an absolute stellar name. I mean, O'Shawn Mathis, like it just it just sounds like a defensive <laughs> end rushing edge name. rusher. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. Um, and no, I did not see that interview. And that is actually really, uh, I hadn't heard the brother portion of that, that, uh, he, that you could tell, or no, that's, that's me speaking in, in, in terms of that. I know what went on, which I don't. So this is just off the top of my head. Um, it just sounds like they did everything that they could to make Mathis feel like this was going to be a home away from home and that for his final graduation uh, grad transfer season, he's going to be able to be somewhere that he is uh, not only comfortable with uh, feeling like he can make himself an actual like first, second, maybe even, you know, well, second or third, maybe even a first round draft pick. Um, But also that he's going to like where he's at and it's not just all business. Um, which I'm sure there's a business side of it. I'm sure he sure. got paid, you know, right. I mean, have you heard any rumors of how much NIL he might've acquired? I imagine it's probably upper six figures, if not seven figures. Yeah. The latest I'd heard, at least on like Hale Varsity and a couple of other outlets that were talking about the commitment said that it was more of a right in that 250 to 500,000, you know, half a million okay. type deal. Oh yeah. Um, Cause he's only I don't know. Here for a year. That yeah, makes sense. I mean, it would it would be an insane thing to offer sure. somebody over you know a million dollars to go play for one year. <laughs> one I mean, year. yeah. But I in mean, in the wild, he's never played in. Yeah, <laughs> in the wild west of of I, I don't know why I didn't think about this man, but I had no issue. You know, like I'm I'm a typical millennial slash like on the tinge of Gen Z. You know, I'm like right in that younger age of things. So I don't, you know, like yeah. my brain just just recently connected all together. Like the frontal cortex is actually connected to the, everything else. And so like I don't really have that much of a wisdom with foresight and whatnot. Um, but I did not think about mm-hmm. the implication that there was going to be an untethered uh, positive feedback loop of just just gratuitous amounts of money being pushed out at just as hundreds of players, millions of millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars going to hundreds of kids, you know, collectively that is um, that, yeah, dude, this, this whole transfer portal thing, I don't care about the fact that people can just leave on a whim and go wherever. Cause if that's your mindset, like knock yourself out, you're probably going to sit sure. second and third on the bench your whole life anyway. So, um, however, the amount of money that's being pushed around without any regulation whatsoever is just insane. Like kind of scary, in- isn't it? Yes. Because this is like, 
this is the first year where it's really, really going like you're seeing the full, full extent of it manifesting mm-hmm. itself. And like, I'm not normally like the, we must regulate type of person. I'm very, you know, like free market minded. Right. Um, but holy crap, like this is the way that I just intuitively see it right now. I know we're going way off to the left here, but whatever. Um, the way I see it right now is that this, we, we haven't even seen the ceiling yet for how much money people are going to push out. Yeah. Um, if it doesn't, if the NCAA, which I am not a fan of, if they do not step in, I mean, goodness gracious, we could see $5 million, $10 million yeah. NIL deals with kids. And at the very least, what I think needs to come down from this NIL thing is that when a kid gets an NIL deal, like let's say, uh, oh shoot, what's that goofball's name that was at Ohio State, number one like quarterback recruit, went to oh, Texas. Quinn Ewers. Yeah, Quinn yeah. Ewers. If they were to have something where it's like, hey, when you sign on this dotted line to get $1.8 million from us, guess what? You have to stay the whole time. Like yeah. once you sign it, you're locked in, buddy. You have no transfer portal rights anymore. Like you, when when we have this contract laid out, you're stuck. So that kids really have to actually think, okay, yeah, do I want to get my bag? Or do I want to stay where I'm at? Or, you know, just, I mean, obviously, the, I think there needs to be like some limitations like, oh, per this much money, you can allow this much restriction on their movement and whatnot. Like once you get over a million dollars, like, sorry, buddy, right? you're stuck four years wherever you're going. Um, that's just a thought I had. But, dude, it's just crazy to see how this is all played out during well, this offseason. Yeah. I completely agree. I think, um, well, when you got a guy like Addison out there, right? We talked about that before we went live, I believe. Yeah. Um, Blitnikoff winner. But basically, what I've heard on a lot of the shows is that you know USC's been courting him for quite a while, and he hadn't declared for the transfer portal until the very, very last possible second. And uh, so now his services are up for bids. Something tells me he probably ends up at USC. Um, Though I wonder how attractive it would be to come to a place like Nebraska where you've got his old coach here, the guy that got him the Blitnikoff award, and uh, two quarterbacks that are both four stars that are probably going to be competing pretty hard in the fall for a starting job. I don't think Casey Thompson has landed that job. 100% 100% in any way, shape, or form. I saw just enough from Purdy in the spring game as far as arm talent that I think he could really challenge him. I think he would have challenged him hard in the spring if he hadn't been hurt. But um, that neither doesn't matter because Kenny Pickett's obviously not here. <laughs> but, you know, why wouldn't he want to come play for his old coach if he's got maybe this collective that Brad O'Shawn here is going, hey, we've got another half a million if you want to just show up. And uh, see if you want to, dude, Trey Palmer on one side, Addison on the other, friggin' Omar Manning, for God's sakes, in the slot and interchangeable between him and Palmer and Martin and all those guys. I mean, there's just going to be crap piles of speed all over the field. I don't think it happens, but you know, in this day and age, you can't ever say never. And a program like Nebraska, that's been down technically for so long, they're going to throw their 
wild oats out there as often as they possibly can to get as many people into the fold to help them win. I believe. Um, what do you think? Do you think there's even a remote chance that a guy like Addison ends up wearing, wearing the red N on a helmet? I would say that it's like, a uh, at best, I would say like 20% chance. Like it's not very high. Um, the the areas where I would say I I think that it's possible is exactly the thing that you lined lined up as coaching staff. He he probably has some trust and confidence in in Mark Whipple's ability to make some things happen for his benefit. Um, and then the other area would be well, you know that there's going to be a fan base that's going to be looking at you with some starry eyed, you know, desires from you. And so, mm-hmm. you know, what better way to, cause what is he, what, what year is he? He's, is he he's, a junior? He, I believe he's a graduate. No, he's too young to go to the NFL. So I believe he'd be going into his junior season with probably with COVID year. Maybe he's still got two more years to play after this year. What I'm thinking uh, so, of is if if he, I mean, it's a gamble. Like, and but right. let's say let's take best case scenario, adding to that twenty percent chance that I'm thinking, uh, it would be like a a marketable decision for him in the sense that okay, yeah, you go yeah. to Nebraska, you increase your Twitter following like by ten twenty thousand people just by default, um, mm-hmm. and if you even have a remotely decent season, which I would say for him, he was probably looking like a thousand yards. Like you want to have at least a thousand yards to, uh, to be, you know, noticeable again. Cause I mean, he got 1500 yards. Like, I mean, a thousand yards is just like, that's, yeah. that's two thirds of what you did before. So that's really, mm-hmm. you know, the low end, but at least a thousand yards. And you know what? maybe he transfers again. It's like, all right, cool. Thank you, Nebraska for giving me that. Or he goes right to the NFL draft and, and yeah. has has himself a, you know, first to third round draft pick, you know, gets a few more mm-hmm. million dollars from that. But on the other hand, it's like Nebraska is still, I, we have so much to prove. We have an insane mm-hmm. amount of things we have to prove this season. Scott Frost is clearly on the hot seat for this season. I mean, he has been according to media sources for the last <laughs> three years. Yeah. Um, but I do, you know, like an actual, like where I'm actually starting to think, you know what, this could be the year Frost gets fired. And, 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 yeah. uh, and Trev Alberts has pretty much implied that, um, so why in the world would he want to go to a program that is essentially in its crucible? Whereas like yeah. you have to prove yourself now or it's not going to happen. Um, you know, why would, why would somebody want to join a potential disaster? Um, I just, you know, I think there's just more money and more, sure. if not more, not necessarily more, but if not just, the same amount of recognition and PR that someone like himself would be looking for. He could find it pretty much anywhere. I'm sure he's got offers literally exploding out of his, out of his emails at this point. Um, Sure. But no, I think it's like, meh, it's like, it's not, I don't think it's really all that possible. I'll be surprised. Like, please surprise me there, Jordan Addison. Like, well, 
yeah. knock me knock me off my chair like i dare you <laughs> yeah but, and then you know you got well shoot we got oshawn i thought there was no chance in the world that we would get him over texas um i really didn't i was completely surprised when he when he committed um and then you know you got you you got the what devin drew is that what his yeah. name is that defensive lineman 208 here's a question for you okay six foot two six foot three i think this this devin uh drew is 280 pounds markedly smaller for an interior defensive lineman than what nebraska has been recruiting lately are we looking at a likely shift more full-time toward a 4-3 defense because imagine this lineup garrett nelson on one end oshawn mathis on the other and then you've got Ty Robinson and Devin Drew lined up in the middle. Devin Drew's got over 900 Power 5 snaps under his belt. The dude's got loads of experience. So we're basically, just like Mathis, we're going to get him for a year. Uh, but, man, if we can make a 4-3 look really good, uh, yeah, I could see a lot more of those kind of guys getting plugged into the program in the future. But, yeah, that I'm kind of excited to see what this as much as i thought it was a detriment about five days ago i'm actually really excited to see what this defensive line is going to be now yes and i think that to add on top of that i i would still like to see a few more pieces plugged in obviously um sure however this does this does relieve um some of the like oh shit you know freaking Casey Rogers going to Oregon um, and just feeling kind of like, okay, why are they leaving? Is it because they know that they, that they like they're, they're just about ready to get outplayed by somebody that we have yet to know is coming. Um, Or is there some sort of um, like disintegration of trust and confidence in, in our uh, defense defensive line, you know, like is, is there something wrong with, uh, with, uh, uh, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> uh, Take another drink, son. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a lot of, that's a lot of things. Yeah. That's a and lot I of ain't drinks. It, so, so Google's going to give the old, uh, explicit tag on the podcast, but that's okay. Mike Dawson. Uh, I don't know why I was blanking Dawson, on my, right. on it. Yeah, you know, with Tony Tuioti going to Oregon and having yep. uh, Mike Dawson fill fill in there, maybe there's maybe there's a vibe problem. But with these guys committing, you know, maybe there was something that they knew in the locker room that we didn't. That was like, hey, you do yeah. you want to do you want to go? Do you want to continue to compete here and not have a for sure job, or do you want to go somewhere that needs you and you have a better chance at competing? I yeah. don't know. I. Here's my take on it. And I kind of, I think I heard this take on a, I think it was Hale Varsity. I don't remember. But I think part of the reason why you, you saw guys like Rogers, uh, Damian Jackson, I think maybe they were encouraged to say, hey, we know we've got a couple of dudes coming in in the next week or so. And uh, you might be sitting watching a lot of football this year. We'll probably need to use you. But, if you can uh, take your talents elsewhere and get yourself a decent NIL deal, why not? I mean, Damian Jackson, he could go to one, you know, 
go wherever. And I'm pretty sure some vet out there that owns a business is going to give him an NIL deal. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, Rogers, as soon as he put his name in, he had offers from Arkansas, Auburn, uh, USC, USC. There they are again. Uh, but <clears throat> my take on the reason why guys like Mathis and Drew showed up is they know full well about Mike Dawson's NFL pedigree, a pedigree that, quite frankly, Tuioti didn't have yet. He's only coached in college, as far as I understand. Uh, whereas Mike Dawson has a pedigree and he's got a pension now too. He's coached long enough and well enough in the NFL to get him to earn his pension. Um, I think there's, I think guys like Mathis and Drew said, yeah, big 12 didn't have a single dude recruited or, uh, uh, drafted in the first round this season, not a single mm-hmm. one. Now that's saying something. And I think guys like Mathis and Drew said, oh, if I want to have a shot at at least getting drafted, much less the first round, we've got to go somewhere where we're playing, well, NFL-style football because that's what the Big Ten plays. It really does. It plays an NFL style in a lot of places, and they have NFL-style linemen, big, mean, nasty dudes that just like hitting people. And um, Mathis is going to get tested. Drew's going to get tested. Um but if I have confidence on one side of the ball of any of them, I've got confidence on that defense. And I think uh, I, I like I like how we're looking, especially on third down. Imagine, you know Dawson and Schnander are going to freaking sit in a lab somewhere and stir up a way to get Tanner, Nelson, and Mathis on the field at the same time. You know that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. And all three of those dudes have an, uh, an unstoppable motor. So... I can't wait. I really can't. I mean, I cannot wait to see see the game in, in Ireland um, just to see, A, what this offense is going to look like when it gets unveiled, and B, you know what this new-look defensive line is going to look like. Are they going to come in in a four-man four down front, or are they going to come out with three guys down and one dude outside with another guy showing blitz? I mean, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what it looks like. Um, from all of your media consumption that you've done with, you know, Mathis <laughs> yeah. and, and whatnot, did, was there ever any mention of like Garrett Nelson being around and maybe potentially, cause this is my thought that I have is I also wonder if Mathis kind of saw Garrett Nelson and was like, this is a dude I would love to play with. Like he's a hype man. And I like being hyped. And so if you and I can be like a, once again, put a a positive, positive feedback loop (laughs) where you now have two incredibly vocal, respected leaders. I mean, Mathis is going to have to earn his, his, he's going to have to earn his chip. Like he needs to, he needs to, you know, earn the respect of, of his defense now. Um, But I think that he's got the ability and the tenacity and the personality that I think that he could be not only a, a potential, a, a high potential for productivity on the field, but dang, think about like a vocal leader like Garrett Nelson getting into his guys for good things and for bad things. And then you've got O'Shawn Mathis right behind him or right in front of him, continuing that. Mm-hmm you know, accountability in the locker room, making sure that their guys aren't just disassociating before a game, you know, like 
getting them engaged and 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 making sure that they are yeah. rocking and rolling and ready to go. Um, that's so. Did you was there any mention of Garrett Nelson no, being involved I, in any sort of way? You know what? I don't recall. Um, mostly because I've been so far behind on podcasts, I ended up de- deleting about ten. 10 Husker podcasts before the Mathis commitment because I knew I wasn't going to get to him. And once yeah. he committed, then I kind of went and stuck with the podcasts that were up to a day or two before he actually committed. And I'm still trying to get caught up. It's just the way yeah. things have been. Uh, but I would not be surprised in any way, shape or form. If him, if Mathis and um, Garrett did not have a sit down and said, yo, you need to come here. This coach is going to get you playing with your damn ass on fire. And, uh, you know, you want to, you want to go to the league. This is where you come to go to the league. I mean, two, put a couple of dudes Two to just put a couple of dudes. You got Damian Daniels and Stilly both signed free agent deals, uh, undrafted free agent deals. Um, Jojo signed one with Indianapolis. You had three dudes. Did you see Torre getting freaking drafted? I didn't. I saw Jojo getting drafted before Torre did. Um, but, you know, we had three dudes picked for the first time in forever. So, <clears throat> yeah, I have a feeling they talk to each other, but I, you know, just like 90% of the other shit we hear about the program, it's stuff we generally don't hear until later, right? So, yeah. Uh, something tells me, yeah, they've had a sit down and we'll probably find out about it about two or three months later when the season's fixing to start. And, uh, yeah, he's going to have to earn his spot because, Hey, let's be honest. Do you think Tanner's going to be willing to give his spot up real quick? Just come just cause some dude that was number one in the transfer portal showed up on campus. I think Tanner's going to practice a lot harder now. He's not going to make it easy. And he's not going to make it easy for Dawson to keep him off the field, even if Mathis is good enough to play right away. So then what? What do you do with him? Do you line him up outside as an actual will or a, a strong side linebacker in a 4-3? I would love that. I would love yep. to see him play that Terrell Farley slash Ed Stewart type role from back in the early 90s where you had a big, mean, nasty son of a gun coming every single play. Um, he, he was either going to kill the running back or he was going to kill the quarterback. And, uh, cause you had two snorting beasts on the edge, you know, and either Wistrom and Tomich or, you know, uh, call, <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be the negative Nancy that a lot of people have been, or at least a few. Well, I, to be truthful, and I'm going to unzip myself a little bit here Ooh, after Mathis careful. after. Yeah, I know. After math, after Mathis committed, uh, me and Justin from the Cuscast had a little DM conversation on Twitter. And full disclosure, I, I had a couple of sips of bourbon. And I just said, yeah, I'm glad he's here. I think it's great. Great. We got a good dude. But we had to pay a butt ton of money for him, most likely. And he's probably one of those guys that just wants to come in here and be the third down guy that goes in and gets all the glory not knowing the full story of how his weekend went while he was here. So I was completely wrong on that side, most likely. Uh, And now, as I've heard his story, heard the story of how he got here 
and why he got here, I'm more and more convinced that this this guy really wants to be a Husker. You know, I it's like your mom and I were talking about today. My fear is that the transfer portal in NIL will mean that a lot of guys will come to Nebraska via the transfer portal to play at Nebraska, not play for Nebraska, because there's a difference. I know without a shadow of a doubt, no matter how much NIL money Garrett Nelson has gotten or not gotten, he's a dude that plays for Nebraska. And uh, that's something that I think NIL and transfer portal might take away from even some of the blue blood teams out there that, you know, they might get all the big dudes coming out of high school, but if those guys don't get PT right away, they're going to be like, screw it. I wasn't here for, for the name on the front of the Jersey. I'm here to make sure the dude on the back of the Jersey gets his. And that's kind of my fear as to where a lot of this will go. But, at the same time, it seems that this coaching staff has found them a guy in O'Shawn Mathis that isn't here to just play at Nebraska. It really sounds like he enjoyed what was offered to him, enjoyed how the school treated him, and he really wants to play for that end. And I think that's really cool. So And I wonder um, if I wonder if there has something to do with um <clears throat> To play devil's advocate to that, no, I, I do agree. I think that there are going to be an, an, an inordinate amount of transfers that play at somewhere instead of yeah. for somewhere. I do agree with that. Um, in the case of Nebraska, let's drink some Kool-Aid here. Um, I do think that there is quite a bit of pride that the mm-hmm. state of Nebraska holds for their team and uh, that I'm sure in those NIL deal meetings that heads right. of, of corporations and, and businesses and, and all the, all, all the, you know, things and everything. Uh, um, I'm sure they make it very clear to the players that I'm not just going to sign this check to you because you want to get a bag here. Like, right. I need to know without a shadow of a doubt. I need to not this. This isn't a meeting just for money here. We are going to have right. a character assessment meeting here. Like, why do you want to play at Nebraska? Let's let's go through the nuances of what the hell you think you're doing here. Right. And um, and we will decide. If we actually want to pay you this shit ton of money real quick. Um, <laughs> yeah party foul take a shot um but party uh foul, take a drink yeah that's that's my you know uh devil's advocate to that i do have trust and confidence in in the state of nebraska with with all of the uh the illustrious history that we have and the love that the folks in nebraska hold for our beloved scarlet and cream that we probably have a little bit more just right off the bat, right off the bat. This is just a guess, but I think that we probably have a way more put together methodology of weeding through mm-hmm. potential prospects to transfer here in, in the sense of interviews, um, figuring out who wants to be here. And I think yeah. Mathis, like you said, um, was probably deaf. I mean, obviously he was on our radar anyway, but Probably made a lot of people really, really happy with his responses. And um, 
And I mean, obviously a business deal, it goes two ways, you know, like what can we offer you? You know, like how can we make right. you feel happy here and comfortable here? And, and I think we did a good job with that, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, you followed me. Thanks dad. Uh, You're welcome. I figured well, you went through the dang trouble to make a Twitter and exposing yourself to the CD underbelly of the Husker fandom. That is Twitter. So I figured yes. I should at least be there. <laughs> the I should really make my own account because I'm just going by Gen Red Pod at this point, specifically for the podcast. I should make my own, but I don't know. I don't know. I think it'd be better if I'm known as the known as the podcast, and you're known as the uh, the uh, support system to keep me sane. I suppose. Yes. I don't know. And it, and it doesn't, um, it doesn't make sense to have us both bouncing back and forth from one Twitter logging oh, yeah. in out of the same one. Um, oh yeah. No doubt. No, I no doubt. So <clears throat> I don't know if you've paid much attention to baseball. I haven't. Um, nope. Kind of lost interest. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, there's been, there's been a lot of games where it seems like they're close. It, it sounds familiar. <laughs> Where they lose by like one run to a team that's not even close to as talented as they are. And it's like, God almighty, can somebody please stop this freaking movie? I've seen it too many times. I mean, when, I mean, when will we get to the point where, yeah, it's back to what Husker, and I get it. The guys are young. You know, Gio and I talked about that the last time I did one of these, these guys are young. I mean, they don't know what it means to try to, to uh, put together a college level um, resume. So they're learning. <laughs> they're, they're getting OJT in the worst way possible, but I think it'll make them better in the end to go through the crap, so to speak is usually how stuff ends up growing. Um, but yeah. Yeah, man, yeah. I, I, I'm ashamed to say this, but <laughs> one, I'm going to, I'm going to pull, I'm going to pull one of those things you did just unzip. We're we're unloading here. There was a <laughs> yeah. time during the preseason for Husker baseball that I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm putting a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of research into this podcast for football. And I have a lot of trust and confidence in Will Bolt and company to really make this baseball team uh, sufficient yeah. enough to compete this year. So you know what I should do? I should I should go through all of that all of those details really dig into the nitty gritty of, of this baseball team and, and, and really invest myself into it. And I am so happy. I did not do that. Uh, it would have been the most disappointing time consuming. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's a waste of time because nothing about Husker sports is a waste of time. In my opinion. However, there is a consumption of time that could be very well considered a waste um, and that would have been one of those that would have just been a very disappointing amount yeah. of effort. Um, <laughs> so I'm thankful I didn't do that. However, it's, it just goes without saying that, dang, this, this baseball season is just, it was, mm -hmm. it was, it was a big nothing burger and it was sad, but like you said, give them benefit of the doubt. They are a young, young team. They still have a lot yeah, of experience are. to go. And honestly, iron sharpens iron. So what better way than to get these guys? I mean, they took they took a big, giant, fat piece of humble pie from, from this season of like, 
we were Big Ten champs. You know, we went, we we're almost went to a be super the Big regional. Ten. Yeah. We went to a super regional. We were picked as a favorite to win the Big Ten again. And yep. then you just get absolutely curb stomped by multiple teams on multiple occasions, had a bunch of heartbreaking close losses. And what mm-hmm. does that do? Does that if 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 there's a if there's something that we might not have a very big uh, resume to prove this, but there's something I believe about Will Bolt. He can take adversity and make it an advantage. And what better way mm-hmm. than to galvanize his his squad with you guys got your asses kicked on multiple mm-hmm. occasions, and you let yourselves down on multiple occasions. Do you want to take this experience and loathe and 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 you know wallow in your self pity, or do you want to take it? and sharpen yourself and, and put a chip on your shoulder that, you know what, we're going to come back next season and we're going to put together a really, really good season. Um, you know, they still got a little bit of time left. Do they, does this season ended? See, this is how much I disassociated. No, they still, they they still still have like a few weeks. They're still, if I remember right, I think they're still high enough in the standings in the big 10 that technically they could still go to the big 10 tournament. Uh, but in order to make a regional or even have a shot at a regional, they have to get to the Big Ten tournament and they have to win the damn thing. They don't win the damn thing. They're done. Their their season's over. So it I don't would, have a lot of confidence that that would happen, but you no. never know. They could get hot at the right time. Suddenly base hits start falling. Suddenly confidence gets put into the team. I mean, they've had their moments this year where it looks like they're coming out of the slump, you know, like uh, Iowa series. I think they won one out of three and the one that they won they freaking won they didn't mess around so um yeah they had to call they had to they had to give them uh what what is it called uh they had to like call the game it was like sportsmanship thing it was like okay yeah the mercy rule it was like 12 to 1 and or was it a storm all i saw was that they only made it to the seventh inning so i just assumed that they got the mercy rule it could have been storms um right but yeah man like i i feel like an, an idiot in the sense that i didn't even know that the season was still going um i assumed it did because i mean last time i checked which was like a week ago there was like there there was like 12 15 games left on the docket so it's like i should have just obviously known that but i couldn't yeah. pull that off the top of my head at this exact second but yeah nevertheless like Yep. I would really love to see these guys, you know, I, if I had like a, a, a word counter, I'm, I'm pretty sure from this last Husker football season, all the way up until now, we have collectively used the word galvanized probably 50 times now. Um, <laughs> I put it, the over under at about 50. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's a perfect, it's a perfect, uh, perfect word for it. Cause it's like, dang, you got to, are you going to yeah. take are you going to take the hits and let them knock you down and and then use that as an excuse to stay down or are you going to let those let those moments where you're on the ground realize what you need to do to remain up and right. so we'll see we'll see i do have trust that that uh will bolt can can get some stuff put together for the guys and and get put a little bit of a fire underneath their ass but we'll see We'll see. I, I, you know what, man? Bold, bold prediction time. Here we go. I would not be surprised if in the Big Ten tournament, 
somehow they make it to the finals, but they lose in heartbreak fashion. They yeah, like, like by just one put score. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> by one score. Uh, that would, that would be my bold prediction is like, they just, they just shock everybody like, Oh yeah, Nebraska, they got fight in them, but you know, they're nowhere. They're nowhere where they need to be this year. And then they just, just start sweeping the floor and, and end up in the finals. And then they lose to whoever they, there we go. Whoever they play. Nice. Nice. Well done. Allergies. Oh dude, they're killing me. It was like two weeks ago, two weeks ago. I had like an allergy fit where for like three days, it was like a broken faucet valve from my nose. Like just like I would literally have drops of snot, just like drip, drip. I've never had that before ever. I don't know what I did. I don't know. (laughs) And I was taking Zyrtec every day and it was like stupid how much snot was coming out of my face. Like it was like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't even want to go do work orders for residents. Cause I was like, I'm going to walk in and be explaining like, <laughs> Oh yeah, this solenoid yeah, under your dishwasher <laughs> needed replaced. And there's just like drops of, <laughs> of snot coming out of my face. And they're just looking at me horrified. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I was so scared <laughs> of that. Luckily it never, I don't think it happened, but Oh yeah. yeah. It sucked. Yeah. Well, he's been kicking my ass. Dude, I'm I'm with you because uh, of all times to schedule eye surgery is allergy season when that's all I do is rub my eyes for like four months straight. Oh, I'm and, sure that was uh, torture. <laughs> it, would, it was like you had, it felt like I had two giant eyelashes in both eyes right after the surgery. Plus, you know, you had the, you had the allergies and with that and it was just, yeah, I was just like squirting visine or whatever the. <laughs> crap that free stuff is that they gave me from the surgical center was called blink i think is the stuff it's really really expensive but it doesn't have sodium or any of that other junk in it that will really jack with your eyes so um worked really really well so uh so yeah that's why everybody you're not seeing the glare of my lighting on my glasses today because i'm not wearing them anymore i had cataracts removed uh had lenses put in uh it's amazing what I can see now, uh, though I have to say about two days after the surgery, I walked in the bathroom, saw myself in the mirror and I was wondering if it was possible they could put the cataracts back in <laughs> uh, because holy shit, I thought this, you know, looks as dark as it does on the camera now. No, not in bathroom lighting. When you look in the mirror, there's a lot more gray in what I've still got on my face than what I thought. And that's why I shaved all the rest of it off. Cause that was really gray. I can't imagine what it would look like now that I can see it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I'm grateful. I am so flip and grateful for what I can see now. I didn't realize blue could be so blue. I didn't realize that, you know, tree trunks had that much texture to their bark for the longest time. I can see chipmunks and squirrels running across the yard, and I actually know they're chipmunks and squirrels and not little blobs that look like (laughs) blobs that look like turds with legs. You know, Um, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing what they can do. And I was seeing better 24 hours within 24 hours. I woke up the next day and I was like, oh my gosh, I could see the alarm clock. I could never see the alarm clock before. Uh, So, yeah, it's pretty. Pretty awesome. So yeah, no more glasses glare, at least for well, now. Well, now that you have 2020 vision, what ah. of 
What out of these potential transfers? We already talked about Jordan Addison. Uh, yeah. I know that was a great, great segue. Nice segue, dude. Uh, <laughs> Damn, that was smooth. Maybe you should host this shit from now on. <laughs> uh, I'll take you up on that offer a few times at go. least. Once I get party more foul. confident. I need to take a drink. Ah, yes. We have a party foul banner. So if you do, if anybody ever joins us for a Husker fan hangout, we we say with hesitation that we do not condone foul language. However, we are human, <laughs> and being a Husker fan warrants plenty of foul language. Yes, it um, does. And so we have a new thing just randomly happened about 50 minutes ago, which is approximately five minutes before we hit the live button. Um, I created a banner that is party foul, take a drink. So if you do cuss on our podcast, um, when you are a guest, you are required to take a drink of whatever beverage you are drinking. So happens that for me, I don't drink. So I win this game every time because then they just sip on a, like a LaCroix or a root beer or whatever. Um, so I don't have the, uh, the effect of, of unwarranted, uh, inebriation. Um, however, back to the segue, um, with your 2020 vision, we have, according to Twitter, according to um, <clears throat> Reddit and all of the media sources of, of the chitter-chatter going in the underground, we have three potential transfers. Um, two of them are a little bit more likely than one, but we have three four-stars. Two of them mm-hmm. come from Alabama. One comes from Florida. These are the names that have been floating around as Husker Nation tends to be, we have potential names, and then somewhere out of nowhere, somebody commits from somewhere that nobody's been talking about, and that's usually how it goes. However, yep. with these guys, I mean, it would be really sick if we got a couple four-star guys from out in out in Alabama and southern country like Florida. Um, we got four-star nose tackle, potential nose tackle. Um, with these guys, these two nose tackles that I call them, um, is just because that's most likely where that's literally the only position that I can see them playing because they're just big freaking beasts. Um, we got four star nose tackle Stefan Wynn from Alabama. Um, yep. and then four star nose tackle Lamar Goods. That's a sweet name. Um, from Florida. And then the like less win too, because that's what we need to do. Sorry. Oh, that'd be win. Win some goods. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah. And then the one that's, mm, I want to say it's sort of less likely just word on the street. Um, Kane Williams, uh, defensive back Kane Williams from Alabama as well. So we got two guys from Alabama, one guy from Florida, potentially on our list. Um, I think the only reason why their names are getting recognized so much is because they are super high caliber guys. Um, don't know sure. the actual potentiality of them coming here, but uh, do you think any one of those three guys to combination of, of the three, do you think we get any of them? Well, my vision's not that good. I couldn't, I couldn't even begin to guess where we're going to end up with those three guys. I, quite frankly, some of the, the podcasts I've been listening to the last couple of days are about three days old two, three days old. So I've not gotten to the point where some of these podcasts may have mentioned those guys. So uh, my educated opinion is one that's not educated at all. So I have no freaking clue 
Hey, there you go. I didn't have to put the party file back up there. Attaboy. I wanted to, though. Damn it, I wanted <laughs> to. <laughs> no, I don't know. What do you think? Do you have any kind of a read on it based on anything that you're hearing? Um, I saw somewhere in the Reddit comments. I can't. I'm trying to find it right now, and I don't. I don't remember, or I can't find it right now. But I saw one, two, one or two of the guys are visiting from May somewhere like May 12th to May 15th. So we are getting some visits from good, one or good, two good, of the good. guys. I'm trying to find it right now. Um, let's see. Where did it? Ah, yes. Okay. So this is a post from T underscore Dubsy um, for potential transfers. And he states does not give, uh, does not give his resources. So this is just word from this guy. Um, let's see, where do I start? Uh, holding official visits for former Florida defensive tackle, Lamar goods and former Alabama. Oh, so the DB Kane Williams is visiting somewhere between May 12th and May 15th. Um, so that's good. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, (laughs) that's a (laughs) win-win. Oh God. We're terrible. Um, Hey, I got to throw the dad jokes in. That's my job for God's sake. Maybe, maybe they'll get, maybe one of those, those guys will get a, uh, NIL deal from raising canes. (laughs) 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 Oh, I've always said Casey's needs to be, uh, NIL for Casey Thompson and Rogers for that reason. Maybe he would have stayed that pizza sucks though. Really? It used to be good. I still think it's good. Hot take. Um, so long as the pizza's hot, that's yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, no, I don't. I have no idea if I'm drinking Kool Aid. I imagine that we have a fifty-fifty shot of getting one of them to commit. Okay. Um, but the fact that I am committed to not drinking Kool Aid this off season, um, Hard probably not. You, man. Probably, I'm drinking Kool Aid. I just have half sugar in it. I'm not fully sweetening it yet but i am drinking the kool-aid um, i am i'm naturally an optimist so it's really hard for me to <laughs> lean completely into full pessimistic modes of thinking um i'm like a 60 40 i tend to think more optimistically but the pessimistic side of me always just just creeping back there like the devil's devil on my shoulders like hey but how is this gonna suck yeah um how are we going to so, figure out a way to beat ourselves half to death with this positivity that seems like our team has done for yep. years and years and years? Yeah, I, get I think you. I do think that there is a good selling point um, for either one of these uh, defensive linemen, just in the sense that you know for mm-hmm. a fact that you are going to be in a rotation. You know you're going to get a good nil deal coming here. You know that you're going to get the utmost like attention from our fandom like paying very close attention to what you can provide for our defensive line yeah and like you said the pedigree of having mike dawson as a defensive line coach like i'm gonna of course if you're from if you are two guys from alabama like you already know that if you even find yourself as a number one at any point in your career you're making it into a draft so I mean, that might not necessarily be a selling point, but 
I, I guess this is my this is my thought is going to Alabama is an insanely hard thing for any D1 athlete to do. Um, mm-hmm. It is not an easy place to play football. They hold their guys to an insane level of accountability. They do not have fun. Um, it is military style football there. They do not, they do not F around. Um, and so whenever people transfer out of Alabama, I always have that little, that little, like, are you not one of those guys? Are you not a guy who can handle a boot camp style, uh, like training regiment? Like, Mm -hmm. are you, uh, are you a hot shot, you know? You know, I'm not saying that these guys are that, but it always it's always in the back of my mind that when somebody's transferring out of Alabama, it's because they just they just aren't about the grind, you know? Yep. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh huh. yeah, that's I I sure hope we get there's three of them, right? There's three guys, one from Florida, two from Alabama. What if we Correct. went one for three? If we went one for three, my guess is both of us would prefer a defensive lineman. Absolutely. Over the DB. We've got DBs coming out of our rear ends for God's sakes. Um, and, yep. and Lord knows, you know, we really don't need any offensive players right now. Cause we're probably going to have to shed a few before fall camp comes along. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mickey Joseph said it himself, right. That the uh, guys in the room in his room are not playing for playing time or a spot on the depth chart. They're playing for a roster spot, which I don't know. Maybe that kind of gives you a little bit of a glimpse into why Xavier Betts is done. He's like, ah, I just wanted to be on the depth chart. Maybe I don't really want to have to worry about whether or not I have a spot on the roster. So, cause that's, it's unfortunately with the transfer portal with NIL, that's kind of one of those, one of those things that comes along with it that, you know, if you're not getting the job done in a year or two, when you're here, after you get recruited out of high school, Chances are we're bringing somebody from the transfer portal to replace you. It's yep. just the new, the new age of college football. I don't like it. I'd prefer to see Nebraska go back to being that developmental program that made them so doggone great in the nineties. You know, you developed the trenches, you developed uh, linebackers, you developed those core spots on the team, and then you enhanced those with some national recruits that were really, really good. For example, running back, that's what we did, though a lot of them ended up coming out of Omaha back in the day, um, which is good to see. Uh, Mickey Joseph, Brian Applewhite, and all those guys getting connections back to Omaha again. I think we're going to see a lot more Nebraska blood coming into this program, coming out of that metro area, because there's a butt-ton of talent in Omaha. We lost a lot of it the last couple of years to other places, so... Um, I'm excited to see what that future holds. And you know what? <laughs> here we are. We're sitting here about an hour in going, well, we're kind of right back where we started. We got Oshawn Mathis. We're not sure what's coming in again. We got Devin Drew. We're not sure who's the starting running back's going to be. We're not sure who the starting three wide receivers are going to be. We're not sure if, you know, Xavier Betts is gone for sure. Or if the if the window is open for him to come back or any of that kind of stuff, what I do know for sure, son, is I saw Scott Frost at church 
on Sunday. I did not know he attends Lincoln Berean. Maybe he was visiting. I don't know. But I saw him at church, and I'm here to tell you there's a reason why not a lot of people will probably want to mess with him. That dude is still built like a freaking linebacker. I couldn't <laughs> believe his his arms are probably three or four inches bigger around than my calves, for God's sakes. This dude is just plain stacked. And he looked utterly exhausted. And, you know, come to find out a day or so later, you find out the show cause and all that kind of crap with the, uh, with Jonathan Rutledge and all that stuff that happened a couple years ago with the tampering and coaching that shouldn't have happened from an analyst and all that kind of stuff. So I know that was probably wearing on him. I have no doubt that the whole Mathis thing was wearing on him too, waiting to find out what that result is going to be. But he looked exhausted. So I just kind of went up. I tapped him on the shoulder and I said, hey, coach, I'm not going to bug you. I just want to let you know I'm praying for you. We're praying for you. We're behind you 100%. And he looked me right in the eye and he smiled and he said, thank you. And grabbed his kid and turned around and walked away. And I was like, because nobody was talking to him. You know, I think most people there were like, oh, it's Scott Frost. Let's leave him be. Let let him have a place to go where he's not Scott Frost, right? Yeah. And then I'm that dude that walks up. Hey. Because <laughs> your, your mom was like, no, don't, don't, don't. I'm like, no, don't, don't worry about it. I'm not going to get a picture of some goofy douchebag shit like that. You know, whoops, 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 whoops. I I, I got to put the banner. Sorry. Sorry. I boo-booed. You, I boo-booed. And I was even, I was even talking about church for God's sakes. And I had to curse. Heretic. Um, heretic. It was a good time though. That was a really cool place to go. I really enjoyed it. Um, anyway. No, no, that's, that's good to good to know i mean like yeah i'm sure he appreciated just a a fan going up to him and short sweet to the point hey man thinking about you praying about praying for you see ya like yep doesn't doesn't you know doesn't suck any life out of his day at all like if anything (laughs) it's a net positive (laughs) um and that yeah i mean honestly i Every every Sunday I would go to church. It, yeah, I I just Sundays are just not good for me. So I just show up looking wrecked all the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got the bags under you. my eyes. You know, I wear good clothes. You know, I gotta look nice, but I'm I'm not like I'm just like I'm I'm here. I'm here now, and that's mm-hmm. basically what I got for you. <laughs> I'm here. I'm not all there, but I'm here. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. Yep. I'm with you. No, oh, uh, I do you have any other things to say? I mean, I have one one comment about just uh Go ahead. uh oh shoot, I think I think I'm gonna sneeze again. I feel it. It's up in the nostrils, but now that I mentioned it, my body's gonna be like it's just gonna be a slow burn <laughs> here, buddy. I'm gonna we'll grab hit, a tissue we'll just in and, case. and broadcast right about the time that sneeze fires off. Never fails. As soon as I grab a uh, as soon as uh, I grab and a tissue, everybody it goes sees away. the swirly thing on their screen. Shit, we didn't get to see him sneeze. Oh, damn. Well, I've already got the party foul up. Whoops. Whoopsie daisy. Um, um, <laughs> no, I was just going to say uh, the sneeze went away for now. Uh, <clears throat> there's a burp. Um, there you go. Mm, yeah. Uh, so I was uh, lurking through, once again, Husker Reddit. Uh, oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, there was just some thunder, uh, OKC thunder. 
exit interview takeaways for Isaiah mm-hmm. Roby and he's oh, middle of the right. yeah yeah he's middle of the pack on the roster you know is I guess his overall ranking from one of the OKC uh, news website their their wire you know it's like the Hale Varsity for OKC um, they gave him like a B grade you know twelfth twelfth guy on the roster you know mm-hmm. so it's just not quite in the rotation as much as, as you know, like a, a more standout guy would be, but essentially from what I'm gathering from OKC fans is that they want to see him more and that the staff are incredibly impressed with Very his, cool. with his tenacity, his athleticism and his ability to uh, be a useful tool for them. And the main takeaways that I'm seeing from the analysts from the fans, from just even Husker guy, uh, Husker fans that watch him just casually, is that it just seems like he he doesn't have a ceiling. He has an mm-hmm. he will get what he puts into it. The harder he works, the the better he's going to get. And there doesn't seem to be a ceiling for Isaiah Roby right now. Um, right. And that's just awesome to hear for a Nebraska alum. And I wish nothing but the best for him. I knew from the time that, I mean, I was super bummed when he decided to go to the NBA because it was like, man, what we could use with him with Fred Hoiberg for one more year, like that would just be awesome. But yeah, it just seems like, you know, he's on the up and up right now. Uh, It's not particularly clear if he's going to be a starter by any stretch of the imagination, but he might find himself uh, in the rotation a lot more often this next season. Um, and so that's just that would be awesome. That would be absolutely shoot. I might become an OKC fan then, or at least casually enough to watch a few games here and there. Uh, what do you think about Bryce McGowan's? What, uh, he's obviously declared his brother just declared, I believe, this last week. Yeah, uh, I don't, still I don't the brothers are headed. I think, I think Bryce is probably a late first rounder. Oh, yeah. Um, and, hey his ceiling hasn't even been close to reached yet. No, you get him into a, you get him into a strength and conditioning program in an NBA team where he can put on another 15 pounds with that athleticism. Holy cow. Sky's the limit for that dude. And yeah. Trey, Trey's just a grinder. He's going to go out there. He's going to steal balls. He's going to block shots. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to be that enforcer out there on the court, you know, that teams always seem to look for. So, I'll be I'll be definitely watching those guys and see where they end up. I'm just like I know the NBA and basketball, the recruiting and all that stuff is is just completely different than football. Um right. but one of the things that just blows my mind is you know Bryce McGowan's is just a top tier mm-hmm. above the rest athlete that we yep. caught the most perfect recruit that we possibly could with Fred Hoiberg in the sense that our team was just abysmal as it has been for five, six years. And the fact that he can, you know, be a first round draft pick, like that is, Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, that's just awesome. Like, good for you, dude. Like that's good for you. Oh, absolutely. Go get your money and, and go climb that. Go climb that ladder up to the to wherever your ceiling may or may not be. Um, yes, indeed. Well, 
I don't think there's really a whole lot left to talk about, and I'm not sure if anybody wants to hear anything more about our personal lives. Obviously, they didn't care when we were, you know, we had two viewers for a while. and then, Yeah, we did. You know, it happens. But we'll get we'll get viewers later because I'll share it everywhere on Facebook because <laughs> yes. that's what I do. Um, and I don't I don't blame people. I mean, the off season yeah. is just so dead. I mean, there's only crazy people like myself yeah. and my dad who want to talk about Husker Husker <laughs> shit all the time. Um, oh, so no, I've got to put up the freaking party foul again. Yep, and I actually my root beer and my Lacroix is gone, so I'll just take a hit of my my vape. Your vape. I hit my vape. You're such a vapist. That was edgy. Yeah, because I'm sure the vape didn't want to be hit. So <laughs> it was a consensual thing. Okay. All right. All right. I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. No. I I think that pretty much. I think that pretty much does it for this yeah. this session of a Husker fan hangout, where it's just me and my dad. You know. And we're both fans, we're Husker fans. So we're hanging out. And, and we're works. just hanging out. And, uh, it would be a whole lot more fun if a lot of you would join us. And any of you who happens to be listening to this podcast on in audio form, please, you don't have to be, shit, we don't know nothing. We just hang out and talk about stuff, talk out our booty holes for the most part, I would say. But uh, we have a heck of a lot of fun doing it. And um, we've got some fun, exciting stuff coming up for the Generation Red podcast in the very near future, most notably beginning in August. Uh, we will do our first official preseason show on Sunday, August 7th at uh, time to be determined based on our guests availability. So <laughs> stay tuned. We will be able to give you a little bit more uh, info on who that guest is in the near future. Trust me. He's been on Hale Varsity in the past, so that's pretty flipping cool. He's not a former player. Actually, he's not even technically a Husker fan, but he's in sports media. He's involved with the Big Ten, so it's going to be a lot of fun to hang out and talk about what he thinks Nebraska's chances are in uh, 2022. And then in, on August 14th, I can announce this because they both confirmed Abby and Meg from Twitter and the pop and kernels podcast back in the day will be joining us. So we will be diversifying our show. Finally, no more swing and phalluses. It'll just be girls and guys. So, Oh Lord almighty. Reaching across the spectrum here. Reaching. Yes. We are offering an olive branch, if you will, to the other side of the gender aisle. So um, it should be a lot of fun. Those gals are an absolute hoot. And they were recently on a Go Big Redcast episode about uh, three or four weeks ago. So make sure if you're not listening to the Go Big Redcast that you subscribe and go look for the Husk Girls episode. It's a heck of a lot of fun. Um, And then on August 21st, it will be my buddy Michael from Alabama who started listening to our show this last year and became a Husker fan, even though he was never a college football fan and he damn sure wasn't a fan of anything in Alabama, which just warms the cockles of my heart. What can I say? Uh, But now he's a Husker fan, so he'll be joining us to preview the season. And hopefully we will take some time and look at each game and see what we think is going to happen this next year. 
anyway, that's what you have to look forward to from us. Until then, make sure you go to our website at genredpod.com where you can listen, download, or subscribe to the show via the links provided. And you can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube by just following the links at the top of our webpage. So genredpod.com for everything you need to know about our show. And thanks so much for watching and listening. We appreciate you guys. And until next time, damn it, Jeffrey, the Greek, you and I, my friend, we have a love-hate relationship because I love Amador whiskey and I hate the fact that you turned me on to it. But your uh, corn still sucks, Jeremy, or Jeffrey. Your your corn still sucks. That's bad. You don't. You're cool. Church of the Corn podcast, the latest episode is worth listening to. Jeff was on there. So uh, if you're not subscribed to that, make sure you are. Those guys are awesome. And uh, yeah, until next time, I was Corn Sucks. Jeffrey doesn't. And uh, go Big Red. Go Big Red. Yes, indeed. And we you are. Have like a, you have an end nope. video? <laughs> nope. No I video. got nothing. Okay. Nope. All right. I'm hitting this red button here then. Yeah. Bye.